Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. And that's me, out of time. Ralph! For God's sake! What are you doing? I need out of here now. Anywhere in particular? Well, let's see. You've got a time machine. I've got a gun. What the hell? Let's kill Hitler. ring on, but I've got a green sort of uh, round thingy-ma-bob on my wrist. <laughs> that, that shows him when he's a quart low on wine. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, let's see who else is joining us. Up uh, up north somewhere, it's Mr. Charlie P. 79. And you, you will feel a mild tingling sensation whenever I talk. Hello. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I like it too. <laughs> also well, joining us is Mr. Darth Skeptical. Hello, Darth. A mild tingling sensation. What kind of disease do you have, boy? <laughs> Hello. <laughs> and speaking of mild diseases, it's Graham, the second Doctor Sheridan. Oh, new teeth again. Mm, oh, teeth. Ah, ah, oh, like these. Mm. Oh, and jodpers. Oh, I don't wear a lot of jodpers. Oh, false body. Okay. It's <laughs> the right bunch we got in there today. And uh, our third wheel, but always a pleasurable wheel, it's Mr. Randolph Thor. Hey, who's that hiding in my cupboard over there? Hello, everyone. <laughs> Hello, sir. Also joining us in the second cupboard from the right, it's Scardis. Hello, Scardis. Shut up, Ian. I'm concentrating on my waist size. <laughs> so am I. It's not working, though. <laughs> oh, no, sorry. I was concentrating on Alex Kingston's waist size. Uh, anyway. Mm. Also joining us. <laughs> well, we've got the sixth doctor in here. We've got the second doctor. And hello, it's the seventh doctor. You're muted. Maybe he thinks. Maybe he thinks silence is golden. <laughs> <laughs> silence has fallen on the seventh doctor. 
Thank God, it's about time. Ooh, he did. Um, he did. Well, just if, hey. if some doctor. Oh. <laughs> oh, was that the seventh doctor there? Yeah. Sounded well, like a Dalek. Uh, he exterminated. Oh, there he is. Oh. <laughs> so that all well, the room's been taken over by the Daleks. Well, the two. Good to have you aboard, sir. I feel like we might be working with a delay. <laughs> yeah, like it's a bit of a delay. We have a slight delay with the seventh doctor there. We're talking through time streams. Also joining us is... Right ah. Also joining us is Kobo4747. Hello, Kobo. Hello. Glad to have you aboard. Glad to be back. Good. All right. That's enough of those who are on mic. Or not on mic. Mike, you're, you got a whole lot of people on you. Anyway, never mind. <laughs> Enough jocularities. <laughs> it's time to introduce who's under the cone. Control, new agent training program, section 3.5, the cone of silence. To activate, simply lower the cone and speak clearly. What? Do not overuse the cone of silence. What? Do not shout in the cone of silence. What? In fact, don't even use the cone of silence. What? It's never worked right. I don't know why we bought it in the first place. What? All right. Under the cone today, we have Davey Boy, who maybe will join us later. I don't know. Logan, who should be joining us, because he said he has a rant, and we'd like to hear it. But, hmm. Enterprise, who is also under the cone, as, as well as I Voted for Saxon, who we may hear from a little later on. Merlin is here. Cybob is here. And Sean59. Hello. Yes, Logan, I said you need to be on the mic. Well, I mean, Please. on uh, audio. There you go. Uh, <clears throat> don't want to refer the wrong thing there. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, there's only one more person to introduce, and that's the Typing Monkey. It's news time! Go, go Typing Monkey, go! <laughs> Alrighty. Well, there's only one person with news in the room, and that is Graham, the second Doctor, Sheridan. Take it away, Graham. Hey-ho. Well, first of all, one from Benjamin Elliott, because he doesn't know who's going to come in or not. But um, basically, BBC America will repeat the unedited versions of Let Kill Hitler and Doctor Who Best of the Companions late Monday night, early Tuesday at midnight Eastern time. Uh, episodes were as they did on Saturday, due to, well, basically, big old messy thing in the sky called the Hurricane Irene. Um, unfortunately, our friends uh, from Podshock, uh, Lewis is roughly sat right underneath the thing at the moment, so um, a little bit of news is, unfortunately, the Podshock and uh, the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy that was supposed to be taken today as a live show is postponed until next week, or at least at this point, anyway. So if you thought... Yeah, uh, if you thought you've missed it, then it's it's quite possible you haven't. So, now, other little sort of bits and bobs here. There was, well, there was, there was, bad English. Um, there was a competition for schools in the United Kingdom, um, basically to write a small Doctor Who episode. And um, basically, it'll be getting shown in October, uh, basically at the end, I should have suspect at the end of uh, Series 6B. And uh, 
won by uh, I think it was the Oakland Oakfield or Oakland School there. But if you want those full details, it's actually uh, if you've seen the uh, confidential or if you go looking for the BBC uh, Doctor Who confidential, all the bits and bobs are in that. So uh, on the Anglophile blog, um, there was they occasionally do uh, a question for people in Doctor Who, and this one went to Stephen Moffat, and basically uh, a nice lady asked um, if Stephen was looking to bring back classic monsters uh, upgraded for the uh, <coughs> upgraded uh, for the. New series, and the answer was one word, yes. So if you want to go look in that, if you go look in the Gallifrey Embassy, I've got the piece up there. And if you were lucky enough to be watching on BBC America, you got something that the British viewers never got to see. The Doctor Who motion comic. And there was a motion comic to the, to the um, episode last night. I'm not sure exactly where it's supposed to be uh, shown. Uh, it's supposed to be shown in uh, in between commercials. But, um, uh, <coughs> well, if it's shown in one long run, uh, where's the commercials in a episode with no commercials? Uh, I'm not quite sure. Probably at the end, hopefully. Uh, to that, Get Glue had a sticker on that, and uh, which was impossible to get hold of. So... Uh, that's about it for the news, and can hand back to the owners of this podcast. Owners, we take no ownership of anything that goes on in this room, <laughs> especially of all the all, all the people on top of mic at the moment. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> people having a shot with the sixth doctor. <laughs> uh, what? 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 <laughs> Dave, quick! <laughs> no, you're messing it up well enough on your own. <laughs> All right. Well, that's introduced everybody in the room and gone over the news. And, uh, yeah, somebody has to take the blame, Ian. Yes, it's usually me, um, because I'm the only one in here with a dirty mind. (laughs) You're right. All right. (laughs) Well, it's time to get settled into the main topic of this episode of the Cult and Collective podcast. And that means it's time to hand over to Dave. uh, Oh, I thought it was Andy first. Fine. Whatever. Fine. Here's Andy to tell you guys how to join in the hilarity. If you enjoy listening, why not join the collective and participate yourself? We're on TalkShoe. Call ID 54821. Call in on 724-444-7444. This is a US number, area code 724, so do check your calling plan before dialing in. If you have a zip point, you can call in for free on 66.212.134.192. Or you can connect in directly via the shoe phone client if you have TalkShoe Live installed. Looking forward to hearing you. Happy now, Cooper. <laughs> like to keep on his toes, folks. All right, get your big and fruitiness into the topic, would you? <laughs> oh, fruity dude. Yeah. Well, I, I should just say from this point on, we're talking about the second part of Series 6, Episode 8, Let's Kill Hitler. And, of course, uh, this is where we have to give out a little bit of a spoiler warning if you haven't seen it. Um there will be spoilers. We're talking freely about the episode. And uh, just to start it off, I'm going to play uh, uh, a slightly shortened version of the, the recap that they did, just so people know exactly where the story was taking off. So here we go. The doctor we saw on the beach is a future version. Oh, that's still going to happen. You're still going to die. I'm pregnant. Whatever happens, we will find you. 
The whole time I thought I was on the TARDIS. I was really here. They've taken Amy and our baby. We're going after her. Amelia Pond! Get your coat! Is Melody human? Who she Look closer. Human plus Time Lord. What is she? Hope in this endless, bitter war. Against who? Against you. And now they've taken a child. And they're going to turn her into a weapon just to bring you down. Who are you? Why are you in prison? Who did you kill? Tell me who you are. I am telling you. Rory and Amy, I know where to find your daughter, and on my life, she will be safe. The doctor will find your daughter, and he will care for her, whatever it takes. It's me. I'm your daughter. Chills down the spine. Yes, uh, it's who? You'd think the doctor knows English by now, wouldn't you? And um, we might be go... Scottish. <laughs> and, and, we'll exactly. one... and we'll actually play one more clip because that's not really part of the episode. That's more of a recap. And then we're going to go to Kobo. So just so Kobo can get uh, ready for just a one and a half minute, and this is where the episode really starts. Seriously? Well, you never answer your phone. Okay, you've had all summer. Have you found her? Have you found Melody? You know who she grows up to be. So you know I will find her. What's this bit? That wasn't us. Uh, no, I don't... Funny. He never said he was hot. Mel! Oh, what are you doing here? Following you? What do you think? Um, where did you get the car? It's mine. Uh, Ish. Oh, Mel, not again. You can't keep doing this. You're going to end up in prison. Oh. Sorry. Hello. Doctor not following this. Doctor very lost. You never said I was hot. Is that the phone box? The bigger on the inside phone box. Oh, time travel. That's just brilliant. Yeah. I've heard a lot about you. I'm the best mate. And why don't I know you? I danced with everyone at the wedding. The women were all brilliant. The men were a bit shy. I don't do weddings. And there we are. And if you'll unmute Kobo. Yeah, Kobo, the floor's hey. all yours. I love this episode. It was fantastic. I loved the character of Mel. She was amazing. Pretty we only get to see her for one episode, right? Um I loved the fact that she used all of her regeneration in order to save the doctor. That's like freaking amazing. Um yeah, I loved the episode. Definitely a five out of five. Um, did I just get disconnected? Or no, no, we're no, just we're, we're just listening. listening. <laughs> we're listening intently. Uh, yeah, it was a perfect episode in my opinion. I mean, it was Alex Kingston was wonderful as always. I think this 
is her best episode to date. Anybody disagree on that? I'm sure there will be some disagreements on that, but uh, there's still lots to like about it. So you you didn't have any reservations about any aspects of it? Um, I'm very the side of the kings. <laughs> I'm very curious about the silence now. Really. Yeah. Right, but that was right at the end. Really, that was a little thing at the end. I mean, um, anyway, uh, this is your your point to talk about what you think. So, so. Are the Cyber Kings and the Cybermen different? No, no, no. It was me being supposedly making a quip that those yeah. um, robots with the miniature people inside were were Big like machine. Cyber Kings. <laughs> oh, <laughs> sorry, dude. <laughs> Logan says in the chat, and uh, I just want to correct him on this point. He says best episode to date. He was uh, Cobra was actually mean, uh, meaning uh, Alex Kingston's best episode to date. Her performance in this is spectacular, regardless of yeah. how good or bad the episode is. Alex Kingston was fabulous. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that this was the best Doctor Who episode by any means. Ah, right. Best honor belongs to. Silence in the library. Closely followed by the Doctor's wife. Right. Right. But that's yeah. a diff- different episode entirely. Um. But yeah, it was just the perfect end to the perfect day. And because yesterday was so much fun, and I just got to come home. And watch Doctor Who after a um month hiatus, and it was just perfect, man. I mean, I think Doctor Who is made more enjoyable when you're in a good mood, or when you're in a really bad mood. Mm. That's when the episode can stick in your head more. Right. Yeah. Uh, w- one last thing, that perhaps from you know, I mean, uh, one thing I thought about this episode is it definitely leaves a rewatch. Uh, I mean, have you just watched it the once, or is it something you will go back to later? I'll go back to later. I just watched it at eleven o'clock last night, and haven't gotten back on my computer since in order to watch it again. So, okay, it's just already. But uh, yeah, we, we'll probably definitely go back around the room again, depending on the amount of time that we have left at the end of this episode. But uh, yeah, my, thank you very much, Kobo. My, favorite, li- my okay. favorite line in the episode mm-hmm. is, shut up, Dad, I'm concentrating on the dress side. Dress. <laughs> Did um, love that one. The greatest line. And when Amy asked Rory, can you drive a motorcycle? And Rory's like, yes, it's that kind of day. <laughs> I expect so. It's that kind of day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Alrighty. Well, we'll, we'll thought, move on. My thought Sorry. was just action hero Rory. Like he's well, become a lot cooler just in the last couple episodes. Oh yeah. Definitely. All right, but we'll come back to you um, before we close out the show, Kobo. And uh, now it's time to move on to Charlie P. 79. All right. Um, 
Yeah, I just gotta say, yeah, I, I think um, the character of Mills, uh, I thought, you know, I, I was, uh, I'm a fan of hers, and I just, I like the whole uh, little um, montage we got of her with uh, her and uh, Amelia, and um, lean up to the whole that, that, that nice little um, effect shot of her throwing the tar- little miniature TARDIS and it turns into the regular sized TARDIS. Um, it was nice. The, the, a nice scene. Uh, I recognized the actor who played uh, Zimmerman from the IT crowd. He was the he was, he was from he plays um, German camo, cannibal. I don't know from like se- season two or so. Um, so else? I just just the fact that you know just make this whole big deal of, of having Hitler in the episode and then he gets dispatched. You know, like I don't know whatever. Five minutes dispatched, the episode or so. Dispatched yeah, by right, Rory. Right. Get in the cupboard, Hitler. Yeah, he gets. <laughs> Tells him to shut up. Um, and it and it and it is Hitler's fault that you know you blame Hitler for um, the regener- for Mel's regeneration. It's a, it's, you know, it's a blame Hitler. Um, yep. Yeah, just yeah, it's just yeah. I mean, uh, my my first had you know when River showed up or or me, me, I know I guess I remember whatever her name is. Um, it was kind of, you know, I was, I don't know if it was say anticlimactic, but it was just, you know, oh, you know, you, you, it's, oh, you know, sort of odd seeing somebody that you already know show up. And then, um, but, you know, I mean, she, she was, Alex Kim was great just with her and the two machine guns and, you know, the whole, the, her whole, uh, you know, bullets if it can't affect me in my, during my, early in my regeneration. And, um, and then, you know, the, you know, the, the whole a bit with all you know her trying to kill the doctor is like I know that you know about the gun and I so I did this and that and that was, it's very curse the fail death but you know it was yes, a that's fun little my scene. On that. um, didn't like that. Yeah. Oh. Well, um, well it seemed to be a parody uh, that bit to me. Well, it, just, it, came, it was over. It was done and you know whatever. And just the fact you know that and oh the in the lipstick and everything like that. But. Um, and like the whole bit with him in the in the in the TARDIS, with her, you know, with him going through all the companions thing, stopping with Amelia, and her saying, you know, that she, he was gonna die in 32 minutes, 31 minutes he'd be fine, but 32 minutes he'd be dead. Um, just yeah, just you know, if, if I off the top, of my, I've only watched it once. Off the top of my head, I'd probably say four and a half out of five. So right, yeah. I'm done. We, we didn't ask Cobra, did we, to put her rating in? But thank you. Yeah, Cobra, Cobra gave a rating. No. No. Well, we can just unmute her. Oh, oh, man. At the okay. end. Okay. We'll come back around and get everybody's rating again at the end. How's that sound? Uh, Good. Okay. That's fine, yep. Yeah. Right, I'll um, I'll play a clip, then we'll go to Mike, and then after Mike, we'll go to Darth, if that's okay. So Great. here we are. This is a quite a short clip, uh, Mike. Sure, lots of fans will be arguing over that one uh, <laughs> from the classic series. But uh, Mike, 
Yeah, this was... A, I thought this was a great episode to come back from the hiatus with. Because the previous episode with uh, Good Man Goes to War, we had the big reveal of you know, who River Song was. And ever since we first met River's Song and found out that her timeline is backwards from the Doctor's, etc., uh, the one thing that I've been wanting to see is that initial meeting between her and the Doctor when the two of them first meet. And we finally got that. We finally got that here. And it was nothing at all as I had ever thought it would be uh, before she was even known as River Song. Uh, so there was a lot of a lot of interesting stuff that, that went on there. And this episode managed to answer a lot of questions, tie up a lot of loose ends that the series has had so far. Like... Uh, of course, we knew who the little girl who regenerated at the end of uh, Day of the Moon was. We knew that was probably River Song, but now that's confirmed. Yes, that was River Song, and yes, she can regenerate. And another an- unanswered question, finally answered, is the end of Forest of the Dead. Why River doesn't regenerate? There, she doesn't have any more regenerations to to use. So I like how this episode addressed a lot of those questions and just was a fun episode to watch all the way through. And there were a lot of red herrings, or MacGuffins, as you might call them, early on in the episode, especially with the title of the episode, Let's Kill Hitler. And as uh, Charlie, or Kobo, one of the two, was was just saying that Hitler was in the episode, but and it's the title of the episode, but Hitler's gone within the first 10 or 15 minutes by the time the regeneration happens. <laughs> and then we're off with, with, uh, Mel, with Mel's river. He's not gone, he's just in the cupboard. He's hiding in the cupboard. He's forgotten about. Someone ever knew to let me out. And uh, did, there was a, oh, come on. I was just saying, did you think when when they said that she'd used all his generations up, do you think that's going to be used as a possible, that's why the Doctor's not in on his last one or two generations. He's He's been topped up by a few more generations now. Oh, we've had several possible explanations throughout Modern Who for, that could be used there. Uh, just another example that comes to mind is Human Nature, Family of Blood, the Chameleon Arch. That could be a possible explanation that Moffat could come up with. But yeah, that, that could be a possible explanation, not the only one. But uh, what I was going to mention was... Um, well, now I've, I've forgotten it in the, in, in, after answering that question, but... Uh, this, 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 no, that, that's okay. Just, this was a, a fun episode to come back from the break with, and uh, d- it doesn't look like we'll be seeing River for a while, at least until possibly the end of the series, because uh, this episode it was pretty much set her character for, for for a while. We don't have to come back to River Song. We can have some adventures without her, like we did for most of the first half of this series. So I like that, and uh, I'm looking forward to how this, seeing how this series goes. I'll... I'll give more. I, there's a few more points here and there, but I'll go ahead and uh, pass it on here. Let other people talk. I, I, my rating for this episode, a give this episode a four out of five. It was it was fun. It was it, it was a bit quick. It felt quick. Uh, I, I liked the the aliens, the the the, the ship, the the miniature people that that ship. That was a neat idea, but they, they were just sort of tacked on there to you know sort of explain. Oh yeah, River Song, you're going to kill the Doctor. Emphasis, emphasis. But it uh, would have been fun to have more, for maybe them to come back at some point, I don't know. But they were just sort of an underused enemy. They stopped being an enemy midway through the episode, just about. But yeah, that's a, it was a fun episode, I thought. Okay, oh. okay well, let's, uh, as we welcome... Uh Robert into the room. We're just going to go Dave. to Darth, and then we'll play. Yeah, we're just going to Darth, Dave. and then we'll. Dave. Yeah. 
Yeah. I'm on my phone. I'm in the Millennium Centre on Cardiff Bay. Can I come on, like, briefly and then disappear? Oh, it's Tim down the bottom. I wondered who that was. Yes. Well, it says Robert Curry. I am within walking distance, Ian, of the TARDIS. Oh, thank you. It is in the Senate building. Oh, don't hate me too much. It's in a locked (laughs) building. I couldn't go in and touch it, but I was photographing it. (laughs) Nothing. I was looking at a real one yesterday because I went to Newport and I walked all the way to... One of the only police boxes still left on British soil, actually on the street. Excellent. Mm. Well, but Dave, Dave, do you want to? Um, yeah, no, no, let's take Tim. Go with Tim uh, while he's while he's on the phone. And I wondered who that was who actually dialed in on the phone at the very bottom there. So, right. On Tim, give us your thoughts. Um, very hard to quantify, really, because I'd had a very busy day yesterday. I wore wore myself out with this walk through Newport, rushed back to the hotel in Cardiff, thought thought I wouldn't get into the hotel in time for the start of the episode, turned the telly on, and they were still in the season 6A recap, and I thought, ah, oh, thank goodness, haven't missed anything. So I sat there watching it, and this is a first for me, I picked up my audio recorder afterwards, and I recorded my own show. <laughs> I couldn't put my thoughts together because I was just too tired when watching the episode. There was a lot to take in. I did like it. I, could, I couldn't give it a TARDIS rating or anything at the moment because I, I didn't really take enough of it in. But um, the whole um, way regeneration was treated, it's... It, um, very, very interesting. I, just some of it just twisted with my brain a little. The idea that um, Rory and Amy had a friend when they were growing up, and that their friend actually turned out to be her daughter. And I thought that was, that that that's, that's just plain creepy. And <laughs> then when you find out that she's been like trained up to be a sort of psychopath. Um. Well, really much more I can say. I, I, I'm going to have to rewatch this episode. If I'd have been able to find some Wi-Fi somewhere quiet on the bay, I'd have rewatched it off the i the iPlayer on my iPad. But um, Wi-Fi hotspots then not big enough. <laughs> so. All right. Well, thanks for calling in, and uh, yeah, I hope you enjoy yeah. yourself there. I think I'm going to have um, continued exercise. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to lose weight at the moment. The easiest way to do that is to give up snacking. That's easy. The other one is exercise. <laughs> there you go. Or if right, so you're concentrating the rest of, the rest on of the your waistline, you're regenerating. <laughs> yeah. What was that? <laughs> Concentrate on your waistline yeah, uh, when yeah, you're I... regenerating. <laughs> Is, is yeah, that yeah, that was, go that, shopping, that, Tim. Before I disappear, I'll say that was kind of my fav- one of my favourite lines of the whole episode. Yeah. Um, she's she's mid regenerating, and she says, "Shut up, Mum! I'm concentrating on a dress size." And I thought, yeah, yeah, I, I want to regenerate. I want to regenerate into someone with a smaller waist size. <laughs> uh, you can also lose weight by going shopping, there, Tim. You lose pounds in minutes. <laughs> God. I'm not 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 doing much shopping because I'm trying to save my money at the moment because next weekend's Hooverville. 
Okay. But I have well, I have e- eaten my tea tonight in the uh, the uh, diner from uh, the Impossible Astronaut. Okay. Well, hopefully he'll bring us a bit of a report from Hooverville. Oh yes, yes. Well, there's an awful lot going on at Hooverville. People are there's going to be a special room uh, where the guests will get interviewed by various podcasters. I'm not really involved on that side of things, but I. Uh, there's um, free Wi-Fi at the venue, and so I've said to Steve, who's running it, um, can I like have somewhere to plug my laptop in, and then I could like photo blog the whole thing. And so I think think I'm going to do that. Okay. Because I think the hotel I'm staying in Derby doesn't have Wi-Fi, so that will keep me busy. Okay, Tim. All right, Tim, I'll disappear. Bye, yep, guys. Thanks for calling. In. Talk to you later. Uh-huh. Right, and uh, thank you, Darth, although you didn't say anything, but uh, uh, I mean, when somebody's on a Wi-Fi it's, or a phone, it's pretty difficult. Well, let's go to you, Darth, if we may, and then um, uh, I'll play a clip after you, and we'll go to Graham after that. All right, Darth? Um, <laughs> there he is. <laughs> Sorry, I think there was a little delay there. Yeah, um... You know, I, I think what it was most exciting to me about this episode was the the fact that it was being directed by Richard Senior, who had sort of piqued my interest earlier in the year when we got um, you know Space and Time, those two little mini episodes, and I was just marveling at the way in, in which he was using the space of the TARDIS set in a way that hadn't been done before by other directors so it was, it was a little teaser to what he might do with the camera and I really really was not disappointed I think that he um, exhibits a fluidity of style that um, in a way reminds me of Eurus um, Len a little bit um, but certainly he seems to be one of the most uh, dynamic new directors that we've gotten in this um Moffat era, um, and I, I think you have to say that the the cool moment of direction in the entire episode was the transition of throwing the model TARDIS onto the bed yeah. and it becoming the real. T- that just made my jaw drop. That was that was filmic, gorgeous, um, and there were other great moments. Too. I mean, certainly all that uh, the prequel stuff, uh, the. Um, uh, the wheat field, just beautifully done, really beautifully done, and, and I think here too you've got the the way in which we were visually explained was essentially the old gag from Curse of Fatal Death, you know, of the Doctor being one step ahead of somebody, you know, but, but you know, explaining what's currently happening by. You have it's a visual gag. I can't even explain it. But that that whole thing of the doctor being ahead of of Rivers every move because he already anticipated that she was going to make that move. Um, that was done. That's all directorial. That's. I mean, I don't have a copy of the script, so I can't. I guess definitively say that Stephen Moffat didn't write in there. You know, film it this way. But I'm thinking that's directorial. The way that the the camera moves in really quickly. Um, and zooms back out and just shows us what we needed to know from the doctor's perspective. Um, 
made that that gag work really well. And the thing is, even though we as Doctor Who fans know that gag already and have known it for, you know, whatever. Um, yeah, the architects. Yeah, like Twelve yeah. years. Yeah. <laughs> even though it's old, uh, it was done in such a fresh way visually that um, it was still just wonderful, you know. Um, so Richard Senior really, really dug his work on this uh, this episode a lot. Um, surprisingly, I have to say, I am entirely supporting Moffat too. I thought that the writing was the Moffat that I like. That is to say, the Moffat who will explain little, um, oh, drop in little references to the past, and and yet make them funny so that if you're a fan, you get it. You punch the air like the uh, the thing we just heard about the the state of Temple Grace, which I just thought was freaking great. Um, and, and yet, if you're not a fan, it's still kind of funny, and you, you don't know why it's funny, but you still are like that is great. It, it plays on two different levels, um, and that's the sort of Moffat stuff that I like to see. And playing around with regeneration, I mean, I think that the, the great thing about this is that Moffat has a, has managed to subtly circumvent all that crap about. Can the doctor be black? Um, by by planting in our minds, you know, on screen we see it. It happens. Somebody regenerates into a different skin tone, which means yeah, it's not, now yeah. now now it can absolutely be done, and there can't be any uh, accusation like there was with the casting of Matt Smith. You know, there was that whole stuff about you know it was going to be Patterson Joseph for Chuitel Ijefor, and there, were, there was some back chatter in the press that both of those actors had gotten wind of it, and it was looking like it was a stunt racial casting, and so they sort of backed away from it. You know, there were all these sort of rumors. They never were really substantiated, but there was a kind of cloud about trying to put in a, a black actor into the role because it looked like tokenism, whereas what Moffat has done now in this very crucial regeneration is shown us, yes, it can happen, absolutely will happen and therefore if you cast a black actor as the doctor now it's just a part of the mythos of regeneration uh, so it's very clever and very important and I, and I think we'll look back you know 20 years from now if the show is still going uh, after we've had a few non-caucasian doctors and we'll say you know that really is the moment at which it became a non-issue and you know talking about that regeneration I loved it I still don't quite understand, and I'm sure this is what the rest of the series is going to be about. I, I still don't quite understand what species River is meant to be. Um, I don't think it's ever been confirmed that she is actually a Time Lord. The daughter she of the Tardis, didn't it? Daughter of the Tardis, whatever that means. You know that. Hopefully, that'll get somewhat explained or something. But um, you know, in terms of rating this regeneration next to all the other regenerations that we've seen. God, it just does so many things, and it's so great. I mean, not only is Alex Kingston just – well, not just Alex Kingston, but I've totally forgotten her, the name of the actor playing the Mel's character, but both of them do a really great job with it. Nina Toussaint-White. Okay, there you go. Um, both of them – the whole regenerative act in the episode explains and ties together so many different things. We see here you know, that she screams – 
the master scream, but like the doctor generally doesn't scream. And I think a lot of people thought, oh, that means that, you know, the master is evil or something. And that's, you know, it's painful for the master because he's evil, but it's not painful for the doctor. And I think that this sort of shows us, well, no, it's just individualistic, you know, and uh, so we shouldn't read too much into why we see John Sims screaming in um, Utopia. Um, I think too you get uh, the whole notion of uh, you know that great line. Uh, hold on, Dad. I'm thinking of a dress size. That is Romana, right? Fans hate the a lot of fans. I don't, but fans hate the the Douglas Adams regeneration of Romana in Destiny of the Daleks because it's it looks like she's just you know putting on different clothes, uh, and it makes regeneration seem frivolous. But I think what this shows is. And it may be a joke, may not be a joke, but it still is a reference that maybe the, the person regenerating has some sort of control over the process while it's happening. Um, and so that sort of brings in not only the Romana thing, but also the, the line from uh, the eighth doctor in the TV movie that causes such controversy of, you know, I could be a different species, but I can only change when I'm regenerating. So it's, it's this notion that there, it, it is controllable, it is malleable, um, and, and this sort of brings that in. And I, and I, I like that a lot. Um, beyond that, you, you just have the glory that is the actual acting and, and lines of, of uh, Alex Kingston okay. as she comes out of the process. Um, seriously, it, it's a bit... David Tennant a little bit with the whole teeth thing. It's um, a bit Matt Smith even. Um, you know, there's the the checking of the hair. You know, the, it's a lot of things that we've seen lately in Regeneration, but I think it's done better. You know, and more interestingly, because this is the first you know female Regeneration that we have, and there, I mean, there's clearly reference to the fact of things that she's checking out because she's female that you wouldn't that we've never encountered before because we've never seen a proper female regeneration before ever. You know, I mean, I we, just ne- we didn't bring up, mm. I just want to bring up a point on that. Um, Alex actually brought that up in confidential. Confidential. And it was an interesting way she said she was playing. Absolutely. It. She, she reminded herself that was that, that, that is like, you know, when you're, when, when women are giving birth, they're absolutely in agony and screaming and pain and, but once the baby is out, they're fine. And I right. just thought that was an, that was an interesting take on the regeneration process. That basically, you're that, that she was given birth to herself basically, and then once the birth happened, whoop, I'm fine. And I just thought, you know, that's just an interesting take that obviously only naturally a woman could take on on on, on regeneration. Absolutely, I tweeted that too when I was watching the confidential. I was like, that's that's marvelous. That's why. You know, we we should always have you know lots of mixtures of men and women in, in everyday life about everything because there's a, there is a difference in the way that the two genders think and, and and it always brings something interesting to the table if you're you know diversifying things. So uh, yeah, that that was that was just marvelous. And then you know coming out of that, we get a reference back to um, the whole thing of Mrs. Robinson and the graduate. That whole um, sort of older woman, younger man mystique that is going on between Eleventh Doctor and, and River. And then you get the nice little line from Moffat that actually I've been waiting for for, what, two, three years now, and that is some sort of explanation for how the 
older river looks younger than the younger river. You know, because Alex Kingston is a middle-aged woman, a great-looking middle-aged woman, but middle-aged nonetheless, and she does look a little bit older now than she did in Silence in the Library. And that, that wonderful quick little line of, I think I'm just going to screw with people and look a little bit younger as I get older. I just thought that's fabulous. Mm, that's um, and, and answered something that has been in the back of my mind for a long time. I'm with Mike on this this whole identity of river thing, although I was not terribly enthusiastic about the way that a good man goes to war ends because I thought it was predictable, even if you weren't following spoilers. I think this episode is far more interesting and revelatory. And like Mike says, this is not who I thought River was going to be at all. You know, I think everybody had theories. Is it the Ronnie? Is it Ramana? Is it, you know, what is it going to be? And given that this sort of completes the I mean, there's more to tell a little bit, but this basically does completely give us the answer of who is River Song, more or less. Um, I am really happy with the answer, I have to say. I didn't think that I would be. I really thought that somehow Moffat was going to screw the thing up. But if you look at the essentials of who River Song is, I think it's great. It's it's part innovation, the whole thing of the... You know, hired assassin deal that I would never have thought when we first met this character, um, and you know that she is the child of uh, two companions. Never would have thought that. You know the implications of what all that were. The only thing that a little bit, I think this even solves the mystery in this episode of why River Song doesn't go into the wedding. You know that the whole mysterious scene at the end of the Big Bang. You know, um, we can answer for why that is. She doesn't like weddings. Now, the only thing that I don't understand about the River Song timeline, j- just given what we know so far, is okay. I get that she wouldn't have been at the wedding; that the doctor could well have missed her there. What I don't understand is where was she during the eleventh hour? Because they went all over Ledworth, and Ledworth isn't big. Um, why? Were they never, you know, for one thing, why, you know, we were told she lives alone in that house. You know, that was the that was the big thing of the Big Bang. You know, the doctor said, you don't make sense because you live alone in your house. Your house is too big for you. Why is there no evidence of Melody living in the river, uh, in the Amy house? Well, wasn't that changed after the reboot of the universe? Oh please, don't even. That is oh. crazy. I mean, I mean, come on. You can say that about everything well, she had if a you want to. Dad. I mean, I mean, the mum and dad suddenly appeared in the house, so why not a friend? Uh oh, I see what you mean. I guess, but I mean, but that would mean that the the melody was gone. That melody was in the crack. Is that what you're saying? No, you know, no, no. The, when she when she came back at the wedding, that also brought her back into the universe, and therefore the younger one appeared. No, that's River in then. the house. Uh, oh, so you are saying that Melody the Mel's was absent throughout all of season five because she was in the crack and she was only brought back by Amy remembering her and the rest of the universe. Is that what you're saying? 
I'm not so sure now, but I think, <laughs> yeah, I think I mean, going, <laughs> oh, too much wine. I, I, I think it's fine. I think it's fine, you know, to explain why the doctor didn't meet her at the wedding. That makes sense. Fine, she doesn't like weddings, but I, I, I think there is something wrong, and I, I don't know. Maybe yeah, we're going like to get some more sister. I, I don't know that reference, but I, mean, I think right. I think there's something not quite right about her not being around at all within the context of the eleventh hour, or I mean, even I mean, the dream world. Come on, if 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 this girl was her best friend and that important to her, why wouldn't she have been a part of that dream existence? Yeah, that, I, that doesn't. I mean, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But I mean, having it, it, just letting that go and just going with the moment of what this episode was and not really trying to get too much more into it. I mean, it was still fine. Um, and that's sort of the only little complaint that I have with the explanation of River. Overall, again, the, the River mystery being solved has worked out better to this point than I honestly thought that it was going to work out given the Big Bang. Um, so that's Moffat gets full props for me on this episode for the writing of it. And so many lovely little lines throughout, too. You know, that Arthur Darville saying, you know, what did he say? I mean, just saying, shut up, Hitler. I mean, just the way that he does it um, was was great. I mean, a lovely little moment. The whole thing of them sort of collapsing together on the Hitler's desk in frustration, not understanding what was going on. That whole interchange was great. About day. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've got my head's t- pounding. I don't yeah. want to get Hitler in the cupboard. That's not helping. <laughs> right. That's terrible. Yeah, the, all the, ref- the the couple of references to the graduate again, Mrs. Robinson, Benjamin, you know, that whole thing. Um, the... Well, the one line I really liked, Garth, was right near the beginning in the cornfield when mm. when the Mel says uh, when the police sirens are coming on them, and she says them, "Oh, I'm out of time." And of course, that's got double meaning. She's out of time because the police have arrived, but she's an out of time person with the doctor. That's true. I hadn't really thought about that, but that is a nice little clever thing too. And um, you know, I. The, it was it was fine, you know. For I, I still don't really quite understand. I, I don't know if we're ever going to get more explanation about who this organization is that's inside the robot. Um, I mean, they essentially sound like the Time Lords, really. I mean, they seem to be Time Lords, but with a special little purpose at the end. I mean, they, they try not to alter anything about time, but yet they want to make sure that people who are bad get punished. It's an interesting little use of time travel, I guess, that is we're not quite had before, but it, it does have the sense of, you know, time cops, time police, which is what the sort of original war games and, um, you know, Pertwee-era Time Lords were about. Um, so that's, that's really good. Um, I, I was very pleasantly surprised. I was absolutely believing going into this episode that it was not going to be genuinely Hitler, that there was going to be some little catch. We were going to be back on board the damn Titanic in space. It wouldn't be the real thing. And it it did turn out to be the real thing. It did turn out to have relevance. It it was totally cool with me that Hitler was the MacGuffin. Don't care that he wasn't there. It, It was just nice, you know, 
to be there. And it was also you know, the, the concept, the conceit of the thing of, you know, you've got a time machine, I've got a gun, let's kill Hitler. That line, I mean, that's totally what people always say. You know, if you had a time machine, what would you do? A lot of people say exactly that. And so using that, it, it's again the Moffat thing of taking what kids say and the things kids are afraid of and things that kids are hooked into and exploring that a little bit because kids say that all the time. If you had a time machine, what would you do? I would probably go back and kill Hitler or go back and stop, uh, you know, Lincoln from being killed or, you know, whatever, stop Kennedy from being killed, whatever the big sort of little moments in history are like, you know, go to that and avert it. And I, I think that that's great that again, we're, we're doing with Moffat a very basic sort of fear or, or, Concept and, and going forward with that and making that the basis of the episode. Um, and the reference that when she was a young girl in school, so she hadn't just thought of that as a spur of the moment. <coughs> they referenced that when they went back to show her getting in trouble as a young girl at school. And, and isn't it neat, too, that, that whole sequence of her in school, isn't it neat how that's a reflection of Amelia in The Big Bang? Um well, you haven't to mention you know, the how, media. Uh, you must have been glad that the well, media was back. I haven't gotten there yet. I mean, there's so much. Stuff. Oh right, but, okay, uh, go, you go know, boy. but 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 isn't it isn't it cool how the how the uh, Mel's getting in trouble with her various um, instructors is reminiscent of Amelia in the pre Big Bang Two universe. Um, is getting in trouble with psychologists or, and what? Well, even the, even the post. Both universes, you know, both times you see Mel in Series 5, um, you know, not Mel, um, Amelia, she's in trouble with somebody. You know, either she was in trouble with a psychologist or whatever for believing, you know, that there are stars. And here you get the nice little refrain of her daughter getting in trouble because she believes in the doctor. Um, so that was kind of a cool little echo. And then, yes, you know, the return of Amelia herself um, – Caitlin Blackwood, it, it was good, although I have to say, I don't know if it's just that the lines weren't particularly good. I, there, there were a couple of times where I was less impressed with her acting, just a little bit. Um, but I was still completely shocked to see her because I haven't been paying attention to any spoilers. I didn't know she was coming up and then she's there and I'm like, oh, it's great to have her back and have more continuity with that. And, um, you know, I, I was actually really thrilled that we got connection to the RTD universe, you know, that we got the three um, previous companions showing up as, you know, maybe this is going to be the, the vocal interface. And, you know, with each one, it was just a great gag. Each one of them, he's got reason to, to feel guilt. You know, guilt, I just thought guilt. that was, that was great, you know? Um, so I, I don't, I, I really don't have any complaints of a serious nature with the episode, though, you know, we still have five episodes to go. It's still entirely possible for Moffat to screw it up. But for right now, I, I, I'm just surprised, too, how much was given away in this episode. Because at this point, mm. to be honest with you, most of the mysteries of episode one have been solved. I was really surprised that we have confirmation that the little girl regenerating in episode two is River 
by episode seven. I mean, I thought that that would be the reveal of 13. But, you know, just like Moffat always does, when you answer a question, you ask other questions. And this time, the question is literally, what is the question? Um, so, it's if you look at this compared to, say, Torchwood that's going on, right, it, it is different in terms of its structure. You know, the thing that people button. are complaining about with, stru- with Torchwood is that it's not revealing any of its secrets quickly enough. Whereas, you know, here we are in just episode seven of series six, and most of what we were questioning in episode one. Excuse me a minute. Uh, Kobo, we're picking up your audio. Sorry about that. Okay. Sorry, Dal. Right. No, most of what we were questioning in episode one has been answered by episode seven. So it's clearly a very different plot structure, uh, you know, for overall seasons between these two series that are running at the same time now um and i I think that a lot of people might well make comparisons between the way that rtd did his 2011 series and the way that moffat did his series in the same year um but it's a great episode i'd give it a five there we go brilliant uh lots of good stuff that i picked up on and it's uh helped me Slightly reassess uh, my thoughts, which I'll save for later. Before we go to Graham, we'll play uh, uh, another little clip. Harry's getting away, ball. Everyone else, good to go. Please. What do you want? Harriet, are you up there yet? Welcome. You are unauthorized. Your death will now be implemented. Harriet, have you updated your privileges? Yes. Look, stop. You are authorized. Your existence will continue. Shade 44 to 89, peaking at 60. Standard density. He's sweating a bit, so compensate. What are you? Okay, uh, just a couple of things before we go to Graham. Uh, uh, there were some brilliant CGI things. Uh, one thing that put me off slightly, when that German was sort of brought into the, the, the robot body or whatever it was, um, he was taught to in English, but the, as far as I remember, the TARDIS hadn't arrived at that point. Uh, I wondered why they didn't subtitle that, or why didn't, why didn't the... Um, you know, the antibodies, as soon as he, perhaps he had said one word in German, then it would have given the warning to him in German. But um, I'm sure, uh, and it was Graham coming on that mentioned that, because he's our German expert. So, uh, Graham, your thoughts? Yes, well, actually, just to quickly tell you up on that point, I think if you've got a robot as advanced as the Teselector there, you're going to be having an automatic translation circuit built in there. Uh, right. Not to sort of do most problems. Now, I usually have a problem coming after Darth, because Darth usually clears most of my points. 
but luckily I've got a fair few. I kept on noting all the way through because there's a fair few coming up. Darth brought up tons of brilliant points. Um, mostly all my own sort of feelings as well towards this. Got to agree with him uh, about Richard Senior. The the way the whole thing looked, which is fantastic. Um, it, exactly that bit where. Mel chucks the model TARDIS and it goes into the TARDIS in crashing flight. Um, absolutely fantastic. It's always like little bits of other sequences in that. Um, but it sort of gave it also, um, with all the sort of bits there, with the the swapping of the guns and removing of ammo and all that sort of stuff, swapping the gun for banana uh, and such forth, that... Um, it had a sort of because I'm watching Sherlock at the moment um, because it's just been released on DVD in Germany after it'd been shown for uh, three weekends um, on a Saturday night on our version of the BBC on our BBC One and uh, it had a sort of very much a Sherlock feeling to it in that sort of way so uh, I'm not sure if that sort of Moffat touch or that is actually uh, the way the director was uh, getting it, or his his way of doing it. Um, but that sort of that sort of thing. Uh, tons of things. I'm going to go probably not in order, but it's just the way my my thoughts ran. Um, again, with this, uh, with the doctors on the TARDIS, and he wants the uh, voice um, interface, and um, the first thing that pops up is himself. Uh, you know, sort of giving this sort of thing. He doesn't really want to talk to himself. He usually does that anyway within the TARDIS. Uh, and then sort of the um, starting off with Rose and uh, then going to Martha and Donna's prick on the guilt uh, was absolutely hilarious. Um, but it also sort of made me sort of sidetrack with all these little uh, early th- as it finally gets to Amelia and Amelia the, the fish custard comes out of absolutely nowhere. And there's no sort of link for me there that um, as to how that happened. Uh, why the why the voice interface would do that. Um, oh, if I might interrupt for a brief second yeah. on that, I don't think the interface said that. I think it was in the Doctor's head. Yeah. But that's just me, because you never actually see the interface's mouth moving. The Doctor just wants something to live for, and so yeah. I think he imagines her saying that. But. Yeah, but I think it, might, it could be also that the, the imagination there is, is kicking in full-time, because instead of looking like an interface, it looks more real after that. Mm. Um, but then there's all the, all the little sequences of... Uh, the next thing I'll bring up is all the little sequences of Mel's and um, Amy and Rory growing up together, uh, which was fantastic because you, every time she's in trouble, Amy stood outside whatever office it is to pick her up, just like a parent, uh, without her really knowing it. Uh, the, the fact that you know she's constantly in trouble and then having to bring her in, and it's there's other sort of weird little things uh, I note that I put further on my notes here. It's the fact that um, it's weird the fact that eight later, um, as Rory's just start, uh, starting to be a nurse, um, that it takes uh, Mel's uh, to make the penny drop by Amy that uh, Rory's the one who really fancies her. And she's, she uh, Amy thinks he's gay the whole time. And she says, you've got no interest in girls because the fact that says a bit earlier the, the funny line as they were little <laughs> yeah Amelia says, uh, says you can't get you can't keep getting in trouble uh, like all the boys there do well you do yeah but I count as a boy and there's where the, sort of, sort of the circle comes back to where uh, where 
because Amy sort sort of, even though she's a girl, she's just like a girl. She sort of thinks of herself as a boy in that sort of way, and that she doesn't. The penny doesn't drop until later. So really, uh, it's weird that the fact that you've got um, basically Mel's bringing her own parents together in that sense. And you've got this weird little sort of odd circle that sort of could be really creepy if you actually think for it any length of time. Now, um, I'll get on to the only disappointment bit for me, which was the antibodies. Um, I had to keep reminding myself why they were there, because I've watched this thing through three times already. And it's the fact that when they bring in the, in the, the person to be tried, and that they wipe them out. But then there's also this other counter-generative bit that they say they uh, give whoever it is hell and you see that with um, you see that with River but oh River yeah yeah yeah. but at that point then the antibodies make absolutely no sense whatsoever apart from they needed some sort of threat within the uh, machine itself uh, to make a, some sort of danger within uh, uh, internally there and, and they also needed it they also needed it to vacate them so that they could then yeah. control the Amy so I mean, these things were these things were at first um, supposedly uh, something to be there uh, to basically eradicate whoever they were after, um, but in the end, it was uh, just a bad plot point. Now they did with the weird LED li- uh, uh, lights for eyes. They did remind me of a certain uh, Jerry Anderson production of the 80s for some obscure reason. Uh, Terror Hawks. It's just the way that they, the, the eyes span round, and it, it reminded me so much of Terror Hawks with that. Um, which you know it was fine, but I think that was about the only thing that really, really, really sort of. Uh, yes. I, I heard that. Yeah, I, I'm trying to. Un- understand the point you're making. What's the yeah. problem with the antibodies? I wanted to go back to one thing Darth said. We do know rivers species. Yeah, I'm going to bring that up in a minute, Kobo. Yeah. I've got that okay. point down. Oh, my point, yeah. Yeah. Right, go um, with Darth's question then. Because, I mean, I thought, I thought the deal was that they found the person that they're trying to eliminate or whatever, and then they bring that person on board the body... Yeah, and, and they eliminate within, them. No, not eliminate. Give them help because internally, been, inside, the, yeah. the implication I got from the thing was they just make them feel a lot of pain right before they're going to die naturally, or however they were going, whatever their fate was going to be. Um, they still have that same fate, but they get punished before their death. Yeah, so I mean, bring them on board and then and then pull, push them back out again. So what? What's so that's very, yeah, that, for me, it makes most sense because River was punished outside the vehicle. And at that point, oh. it makes it look as if the punishment is external rather than internal because the little things come along and say, um, you will feel a uh, slight tingling sensation and then death. And that's they repeat that the whole time. So that's where it starts, stops making sense. But I thought uh, that, was, uh, that was just the reason... They were just I, unauthorized I people that that happened to. I get what yeah. you're saying. I think you know the external nature of that punishment, but I th- yeah. think that the reason that is is just because that's purely defensive at that point. Like it, the yeah. doctor is under imminent uh-huh. threat of being killed, and so they just push her back to stop that. They weren't expecting any of this to happen. You know, it's it's unfolding uh-huh. quite differently than what they think is going to happen. So they do a. a an extraordinary move that they wouldn't normally do. I mean, 
that's what I got out of it. But I, I don't know. But it is interesting I mean, what you're saying. I just I don't. Uh, I mean, I fully expect the antibodies to be coming out as a some sort of character options uh, thing later oh, yeah. on. It's, yeah, it's just yeah. one of those things that's fairly easy to produce um, by such firms. Now, as to the now, what was it the point there? Um, yes, the the fact of what species was uh, that river. It was mentioned by uh, Madame Vastra, uh, Vastra in the previous episode um, that she is human plus human plus time lord. A She's a creation of the TARDIS, that's why she's child of the TARDIS. And basically, she is her own species. There will only ever have been one of her, what we hope, anyway. We've yet to see what comes in the future, and I can't predict that far, obviously. But uh, that is sort of the explanation I've got from everything that I've seen uh, in, in recent days and, and months. That uh, basically, River is her own species because she is uh, a human child that was conceived within the TARDIS and due to the, all the vortex stuff she's human plus that is a human plus time lord and that's basically I don't think we've ever seen that again um, so uh, what was the other points there um, yeah the regenerate as of the regeneration limits thing that uh, Dave was sort of moving around there as well um, there, like I say there's several ways you could look around it the most simple thing is that the time lords aren't there anymore there's nobody con to control it, and there was the sort of the idea of the limitation um, placed upon that because anything longer than these uh, 13 lives, 12 regenerations, the time lord would eventually go completely utterly stuck. It bonk ravers mad. Um, but uh, due to sort of things that we're supposed to expect that possibly happened within the uh, the time uh, wars there against the Daleks that anything could have happened there and the fact is that the, the uh, time lords are just not around anymore so there's nobody to say that you've had your fixed limit and possibly no control um, things being put in ah. place and removed and put in place and removed and that's the sort of what I'm sort of thinking about right well the thing that got me there you see yeah. uh, and why I mentioned it is because when they said they should use it up I mean if we if we take that throwaway line of you know 507 regenerations or whatever it is yeah. sh it should have been pumping out regenerations to the doctor for ages but um, yeah, I got the feeling that she. I mean, she. We've seen her uh, in New York regenerate. We saw her, yeah. So she's used at least two, three. So I'm assuming she's sort of the last ten of her regenerations have now gone into the Doctor. That's where yeah. I was thinking. But, uh, but if she is her own species, then you know, all bets are off as to the number of regenerations. regenerations. Right. Right. Exactly. Okay. I'm with exactly with Darth on that one. Uh, though not with Darthin, we haven't seen a regeneration by a female on screen yet. We haven't seen a regeneration on screen to the end yet. Would be the sort of the more accurate part to that, because obviously we see the uh, we see River regenerating from little girl, but we don't see we see a regenerate regeneration, but not past that. And I'm just wondering how much um, the influence is the last person she speaks to, the last patient she saw, as to uh, how she turns out her colour of skin, as, as an example. Because um, oh, I think it was yeah. the uh, the the uh, the um, the tramp in the alley. I think it was uh, uh, to fair to I mean, it may, maybe my bad sometimes bad memory there that uh, that he was black. I'm sure he was a black guy, and that that might have had some some sort of. Um, the influence on it, uh, which would be, uh, to, to be quite honest, totally cool. Uh, I thought that was a really uh, cool idea, and that's why she turned white this time, because the last people she speak to are white. I'm getting some feedback from somebody here. Uh, yeah, can you mute 7th Doctor, Ian? Hmm. Just for now. Yeah. 
So, um, so that's you know that's sort of the um, the, the sort of things with regeneration stamps. Now, the, the thing the thing was uh, the way that Mel's was played. Um, I thought was absolutely fantastic because um, the way she is, it still gives hints, real hints of the character of River as Alex Kingston has played her uh, in the past. You know, there's sometimes. Um, if you remember the last part of A Good Man get, Goes to War, that he asks her, uh, who she really is, and she completely dances out the question, uh, dances out the way, avoids the question sort of thing. And it, it's sort of uh, the girl that plays her in this uh, as Mel's uh, sort of seems to have pulled on this as well, uh, which I'm I'm very impressed with. Um, that's it's absolutely excellent, well done. Ah, uh, see, so I'm just getting through my notes because I did make a fair few of them. Um, generation antibodies, the antibodies looking like terror hawks. Um, oh, ah, yes, driving cars, very good. Now the thing is, the two times we've seen um, Rory driving a car, both times, okay, one was a newer model, uh, but uh, both times have been mini. And maybe this is also, I would say it was a slight play by um, by Stephen Moffat on that, um, because uh, the guy who basically <clears throat> has a small one and buys himself the biggest car. So is this supposed to be a hint that Rory's a bigger man than all these guys with his, the big Jaguars and sort of stuff? Because you you've never see him drive anything but a Mini uh, as a car. Uh, which was uh, just a sort of point, and then the fact that Mel. I got three minutes. Yeah, <laughs> and Mel. Throw that in Mel, there. <laughs> Mel's comes in driving a little red Corvette, which on confidentials definitely played on there. Um, um, I'm not sure that was supposed to be apart from its big fast uh, car and a big shiny thing, and uh, you shouldn't play with buttons. Sorry, it's Hitchhiker's reference. So, uh, right, so we've got down to there, down there, thought of the TARDIS. Um, yes, the, the test selector itself was probably getting towards my last two points here. The test selector itself, fantastic idea in the fact that it's a robot that can sort of uh, regenerate itself by measuring whoever stood in front of them and, and copying them down detail for detail. Test selector being a play on tessellations which is uh, an English word meaning constellations of uh, shapes to make a particular form or something along those lines I once used it for a band's name uh, back in the late 80s uh, which never got on the ground and uh, I thought that was a fantastic concept the way that it sort of clinked over and when it's taken when Zimmerman's glasses have been removed from Zimmerman himself the, the fact that you've got the noise of the glasses going on to this obviously made out of metal robot uh, which I thought was fantastic and I mean it's probably sort of a simple effect of him gaining height as well going up to 5 foot 11 of the actor probably just going up onto his tippy toes uh, but I loved that uh, now um, the final point being that um, the doctor's probably now got all the information he will ever uh, require at least for the rest of the series uh, now that he is, as we saw at the end of the episode, that he's downloaded uh, the entire memory of the test selector, uh, so he knows the date of his own death. Um, now there also there's sort of the things rebounding about that um, 
you know, okay, we've got next year's series, next year's series. I don't think they're going to push it, uh, push it off all that um, late in this series. Hopefully, it should be dealt with in this series. But there's things I've heard banded about, which is major spoiler territory. I'm just wondering how true it is, uh, seeing that the uh, tabloids did get it right with the uh, with the with the Rose Martha Donna. Um, sequence. They didn't quite mention it exactly 100%, but they did get it right that it actually happened. And uh, within the sort of thing of the Doctor, there was a mention somewhere of a resurrection casket. I'm just wondering if that, how that's going to play out um, within the either the rest of the series or next year's series. And the news that we've also got, uh, not not sure how many episodes, but we've got Arthur Darville back uh, for, for Series 7, not just um, Karen. So we've got Karen and um, Arthur. That's been confirmed just as late as this last week. Uh, also, the, the final episode title is uh, about now as well. Okay. Yeah. Uh, is it all right if we stop there and, and yep. move on? Yeah, okay, uh, exactly. Did you, want, did you want to give a rating at this point? I can't remember whether you did that. Uh, no, I haven't. Uh, definite four and a half. Um, it, the point of Doctor Who, if it's good Doctor Who, it'll, from the start off and until the end, it will keep me excited like a little child. And this episode did it. And did it brilliantly. And there's one episode... Um, now, Dar, I've only heard of stuff... Uh, Dars put up here, why are you spoiling future episodes? I don't know what You're the You're saying it's speculation, are you? It's speculation, nothing more. Uh, it's only yeah, speculation we'll I've heard. we to do it, but yeah. Uh, as I say, I, only, I said speculation, nothing more. Just wonder if that had come into, because it's, it's only one plot point I could think of um, that make this thing. But I say... Um, Okay. Now we're well, starting well, to get a thing. Yeah, yeah that's let's leave it there. Now stop people getting into the room. But uh, I say, who's supposed to make you? Uh, well, make me feel excited like a little boy. And there's only one episode that tops this uh, for me, which was still uh, Vincent and the Doctor, but that was on a different level. And that uh, I like that story, and it's still for me the best Doctor Who story of all time at the moment. Oh right, better than the Doctor's wife. Yeah, 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 I like yeah, it better than Doctor's okay, Wife because yeah. right. there was more emotional implications as to why I like that better than Doctor's oh, Wife. Yeah. Doctor's Wife was a good, fun episode, and that's how it's supposed to be. And I enjoyed it for that, and it's it's close behind, but uh, definitely Vincent Doctor, there's, there's nothing, despite the space chicken. <laughs> okay, right, let me stop you there. Um, I'm going to play a clip, then we'll, we'll go to Ian, and then we'll be going to probably Seventh Doctor and Scardis. Sorry, somebody has to wait. The long time. Uh, I know yeah. Dar for many weeks waited till quite late on to speak. So uh, I've got. Oh, don't, then, don't, for, go on, don't forget to uh, give I voted for sex and a little bit of uh, uh, time to get uh, himself on audio. Oh yeah. He does wish to comment, but he for some. All oh, right. Yes. Uh, yeah. That's right. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, this is. Brunella has also just joined us as well. Welcome. Um, well, uh, uh, so slightly longer clip. This one, the longest one, just over two minutes, and then we'll go to you, Ian. Okay. What do you want? Who let you in here? Do not call for help. This room has been sound screened. You have been found guilty. Justice mode activating. Hang on. It's 1938. We're too early. We need to go later in his time stream. Something else. We've got incoming. 
on screen. What the hell is that? This guy, I think he's hurt. Transmit normal lifetime. Artificial gravity holding, but we should get up right when we can. Uh, hang on. No, it's, it's fine. Oh. oh! Hello. Sorry, is this your office? Had a sort of collision with my vehicle. Bolts on both sides, let's say no more about. It. That. No, it can't be, Doctor. Thank you, whoever you are. I think you have just saved my life. Believe me, it was an accident. What is this thing? What did you mean it just saved his life? We could not have just saved Hitler. You see, you see, Tunk, never goes to plan. This box. What is it? It's a police telephone box from London, England. That's right, Adolf. The British are coming. questions in the chat um uh, i'm i'm guessing that the poison was named uh, people are asking about you know why the doctor couldn't regenerate from the poison i'm assuming that by naming the poison and the fact that river song is a weapon to kill the doctor that the poison that was being used would block regenerations um what was the other point the other point was uh Better query, uh, if it's if the Time Lords, why didn't it affect River, um, as we've seen in the past when River has something on her lips that uh, affects people, uh, she is usually either immune to the effects or has some special coating on her lips, which means it doesn't affect her, uh, like when she uh, has the hallucinogenic lipstick. Mm. Um, that it uh, obviously there's something there to protect her lips, so she doesn't ingest the the, the poison or the the drug itself. So there's that covered. Uh, otherwise, uh, I'll explain later. Uh, uh, the episode. Uh, not a huge, huge fan of the entire episode. Um, I'd probably give it a three out of five. Um, what I am a huge fan of is. Uh, of Alex Kingston, uh, this woman manages to pull off this youthful, um, exuberant river song that you totally buy into. Um, you just get this whole feeling that she is very young, and it and it works. Um, she's fantastic. I mean, I know I've got a bit of a thing for her anyway, and so it's not surprising that I would say these things. Yes, yes, it's um, totally transparent, and I did love the line and I swear it had something to do with you know tweets of that nature that I've made that Stephen Moffat obviously saw that uh, made him write the line I can see myself wearing a lot of jod purse <laughs> but yes um, I, I, I found the, the whole sequence at the beginning of, of explaining Mel's to be um, a bit stupid uh, I hated the fact that it was this this whole 
new person was added in to the show um, as an afterthought, and you know, um, we had never seen her before. Or in the list. Oh, you're breaking up. Ian? Ian? Oh. Okay, I'll give you a moment. Why does always happen to him every time he does a review? Right. Um, uh, are you there? Back? Are you back in? Right, I'll play another clip while we wait for him to come back in. Don't worry, what can we do? Just keep our conscious. When I was little, I was going to marry you. Good idea. Let's get married. You say live and I'll marry you, deal? Shouldn't you ask my parents' permission? As soon as you're well, I'll get them on the phone. Might as well do it now. Since they're both right here. What the hell's going on? mentioned in the show. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, unfortunately, I had to look up that reference, but hey, anyway. Um, I just, you know, while that clip was playing, I was imagining what uh, was going on in the other room, what River Song was doing that made her say that. Sorry, i got nothing left to say now. <laughs> He's hot under the colour. I don't blame you, Ian. Yes. <laughs> that, the same um, fan club. Yeah, there, there, there were good points, of course. Uh, the like everyone else is the the tossing of the TARDIS. Uh, don't mean that in a dirty way either. Uh, that was that was a lovely little effect. Uh, I love how basically the entire episode made Amy out to be stupid. Uh, <laughs> how she's like, oh, you're gay, right? Because I've never seen you pay any interest in any any girl. God, she's dense. <laughs> Um, Rory, of course, was brilliant, you know, hitting Hitler, uh, then bundling him into a closet, and uh, and the motorcycle line was great, too. Can you ride a motorcycle? I expect so. It's that sort of a day. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, Rory was great. Uh, um, yeah, uh, I hated the Sonic cane. Oh, please, really? Now we're going to have a toy on that. Um, 
have all these little Sonic things he keeps bringing out. Uh, Matt Smith was great. Uh, the, the the whole bit with him uh, dying was really well done. I mean, that's, that kind of physical acting is immensely difficult to do uh, and to make it look realistic, to make it look like your legs are coming out from under you like that and, and, and unable to control them. That's, that's some great stuff right there. Uh, yeah, it's it's not my most favorite of it. There's bits in it that I like and performances that I like, but on the whole, as an episode, um, Dave and I were speaking briefly last night, uh, and Dave said the phrase overly convoluted, and that was the phrase I was thinking at the time, uh, just before he said it. So, uh, yeah, some of it just tends to be, to me, overly kind of complicated, but that seems to be Moffat's modus operandi at the moment of making everything quite intricate and overlapped and overlaid, and, and he's actually said that, that, that the next series won't be so arc-heavy, which uh, to me is a relief. Um, let's just hope he um, <laughs> stays honest to that. But yeah, uh, not a terrible episode, um, but it did just, you know, just Landing us right in the middle of this completely different story, and uh, and uh, not really kind of picking up where we left off last time was a bit disorienting. Uh, expected uh, the words "Hello, sweetie" right after the uh, the the bread car comes, you know, bowling through the uh, through the, the the fields, which yeah. really, yeah, I mean, it it's true. She could totally have said that. But, you know, I mean, it was River Song, but it wasn't. So uh, I was correct, but incorrect. Uh, if you get what I mean, I'll explain later. Um, but, yeah, uh, <laughs> it was a bit all over the place, like a lot like my comments. Uh, and attention span. <laughs> Especially when River Song was uh, just about to do her second regeneration bit and leaning over. Uh, oh, oh, the doctor. Yeah, love the 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 uh, reference to the you know within what twelve hours of the regeneration, they can basically heal like that. That was quite quite clever because it was like, oh, how's she getting out of this one? Oh, that's right, we can do that. That's that's law, <laughs> you know. <laughs> that's allowed. Um, but yeah, that's that's all I've got to say. I think for the moment. Do you, do you, do you want to give a rating before we go on to? I did. And we're going to try uh, three. Three. All right, sorry. If I don't count the performances that I loved in there, it was a three. Okay. Yeah. Uh, right, the only thing you missed there, Dave. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Cool. The only thing you missed there came up that clip there. You named your daughter after your daughter. <laughs> if that's not convoluted, I don't know what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we're going to try uh, seven thoughts and see how your audio is. Uh, hopefully, it's okay now. But uh, are you ready to make your comments? You're unmuted, Seventh Doctor. I enjoyed the episode immensely. I thought it was a great uh, comeback uh, from the summer. It was, uh, I gave it a four out of five. And right. uh, I love the whole crop circle sequence at the beginning. Uh, I thought it was a great way to contact the doctor if he didn't have his phone number. Um, I also thought uh, that it was a great way to introduce River uh, Mel's. Um, I, I just didn't expect that uh, to happen like that. As many of 
the other people said already. Um, I, I did have a few quibbles with the episode. The whole security system I thought was kind of convoluted and unnecessary. Uh, if they wanted to um, torture the, the, the people, they, they could have done that very easily without those antibody things. And uh, I just thought, you know, to have a security system that will turn on you if your bracelet goes red, just thought that was just kind of silly. Um, I, I enjoyed the regeneration sequence with uh, River. Um, he just believed Alex Kingston when she first came on that uh, she was just you know, enjoying the whole process of regenerating, getting into a new body, and checking herself out, and it was just uh, delightful to watch that. Um, I like the uh, the Hitler sequence at the beginning. Uh, I just thought that uh, they, they did that very well, uh, very comedically, with the TARDIS crashing through the, the door there, the window there, and uh, putting Hitler in the, in the uh, covered. That was just great. Um, and Rory getting his punch uh, on on Hitler was, was terrific <laughs> also. Um, and uh, let's see. Uh, a little nervous. This is the first time I've, I've spoken on any of these podcasts. But, uh, hey, Jim, uh, fine. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate that, Dave. Um, and <laughs> Uh, overall, it was just a great episode. Um, I thought they could explain the uh, lack of the doctor being able to regenerate after being poisoned a little better. Um, they didn't explain that too well, but I think he kind of got the idea that the poison was preventing him from doing that. There was yeah, po- po- poison well. seems to be his Achilles heel somewhat. We had the radiation poisoning, killing off the tenth one. Um, but as one or two other people have said, that was presumably why this particular poison was picked. I thought they could explain a little better how Mel's yeah. was uh, a teenager, you know, um, and, and I presume early in, in the 90s. It just seemed like uh, she should have been older at that point if she regenerated in 1970 in New York into an infant. She should have been older than that. Ah, no, we didn't. Well, yes, yes, because she, she did. I was going to say, uh, somebody said that uh, we didn't actually see her regenerate in the street, but she referenced that the last time she regenerated was that. So there isn't anything in between, so you're quite right. But yep. again, I, I, I enjoyed it immensely. Uh, I give it a four out of five, and I'm looking forward to the rest of the, uh, the half series. Okay, well, thank, do, do, uh, right. Well, um, what I'll do is play another clip, and then we—I said we go to Scarlet next, and then I voted Saxon after that. So uh, this is a short clip. If you were in a hurry, you could have killed me in the cornfield. We'd only just met. I'm a psychopath. I'm not rude. <laughs> Why would you be a psychopath? Oh, mummy, mummy, pay attention. I was trained and conditioned for one purpose. I was born to kill the doctor. Demons run. Remember? This is what they were building. My bespoke psychopath. Am I all, sweetie? 
Henry Riverstone gets to call me that. Denise Riverstone. An old friend of mine. Stupid name. Mum, Dad, don't follow me, and yes, that is a warning. No warning for me, then. No need, my love. The deed is done, and so are you. What have you done? Uh, river. Oh, River, River, River. More than a friend, I think. What have you done? Oh. It was never going to be a gun for you, Doctor. The man of peace, who understands every kind of warfare except perhaps the cruelest kid kid. What's wrong with you? What's she done to you? Yeah, poison me. But I'm fine. Well, no. I'm dying. But I've got a plan. A plan? Not dying. And uh, I've just asked Scardis in text. Uh, Benjamin needs to leave soon, so we'll, we'll go to Benjamin. Thank you for that, Scardis. Benjamin. Ah, uh, thank you. I saw the episode last night, which was a relief because it meant the hurricane stayed far enough to the east that our area wasn't really affected. Yay. Uh, and I do. I remember I enjoyed the episode, though a lot of it is, in a way, it was a bit like, hmm, now people with the te- fans of the television series are seeing what has happened in other Doctor Who media. Because for those of you who remember the books, like, let's go back to Virgin. First four books of Virgin, Time Worm. You had this thing going through, trying to eat up timelines and everything. Uh, The Virgin books, you had Ace Gone Evil. You had the alternate universe story arc. You had the Doctor's ever-ongoing megalomania. Then his guilt over it. Then his heart attack. Eighth Doctor with BBC books. Let's see. We had um, Compassion, the remembered human. Uh, Compassion gets turned into a TARDIS at the same time the TARDIS is destroyed. You have uh, the Doctor winding up stuck in the 19th century without his memories and living throughout Earth's 20th century, including having a daughter. Uh, That's just the books. The audios had their... The Big Finish audios with Eighth Doctor had a alternate universe They've, we've had all these various story arcs and things, I can only imagine what's happened in the comics because I haven't followed the comics regularly and well whatever it was uh, for the person who asked is that Hearts Attack, uh, S. Michael 68, by the way you've just been name checked here um, that all I know is that the doctor it was described like a heart attack in the books of Isla Sin and the seventh doctor in the books doesn't really recover afterwards. And it's shortly before his regeneration. So I'm assuming that it counted that way. <laughs> so basically, what Moffat is doing here, and he's building off the RTD era, he's creating a big continuity arc adventure for the fans from 2005 onwards. It's like, okay, this is what we got after the TV series ended, those of us who were classic series fans. We got stuff like this. Sometimes we liked it, sometimes we didn't, but stuff like this happened from time to time. And he's showing us, and he's showing the new fans what this stuff was like. Of course, he's not really telling them, so they might not realize. But it's interesting to see it happen. It's interesting to see the reactions to it. And, of course, really, there's no reason why you'd have Hitler in the story, except that 
you wanted to cover up the main story. You had to have this thing, this hook that people were looking for, so they weren't expecting the origin, but they weren't expecting the time when Melody becomes River. Personally, I thought we'd see more of the Melody childhood, but I'm not writing this. <laughs> and I, I mentioned this to some other people, but I really think it would be really awesome on this DVD box set if Stephen Moffat uh, talked to the folks at TLC to get their graphics and approval and did a spoof episode of I Didn't Know I Was Pregnant about um, Amy with Melody. Even having perhaps Matt Smith, a doctor, as the doctor from the uh, University of Gallifrey, describing all the temporal stuff and how Amy wouldn't know she was pregnant. Just think that'd be a neat little thing. <laughs> Still, I'm odd that way. I would give the episode a four out of five. I I do think they could have done things a little bit differently, but I had a good time. And I'm willing to see what the rest of the season goes. Okay. And uh, you did say you might have to leave us soon, so thank you yeah. for that contribution. And um, we did read your news out. Graham read your news out for you at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thanks, Benjamin. Um, I've got a, a very short clip before we go to Scarlett. Sorry, Scarlett, keep putting you back. Uh, but this is um, uh, S. Michael, uh, 68. Uh, this is one of the things he put in text about the, the, the fish custard reference. I don't know if this explains it, but at least it reminds people. Oh, Amelia Pond, before I got it all wrong. I am not Amelia Pond. I am a voice interface. Hey, let's run away and have adventures. Come along, Pond. I am not Amelia Pond. I am a voice interface. You are so Scottish. You'll be fine for 31 minutes. You'll be dead in 32 minutes. Scotland's never conquered anywhere, you know. Not even a Shetland. River needs me. She's only just beginning. I can't die now. You will not die now. You will die in 32 minutes. I'm going out in the first round. Ring any bells. I can be brave for you. But you have got to tell me how. I'm not Amelia Pod. I'm a voice interface. Amelia. His fingers in custard. What did you say? Fingers and custard. <laughs> Fingers and custard. Fingers. And I, I took it to mean that uh, because she could break her programming, sort of, to mention it, that gave him the strength to sort of battle on a little bit longer and a bit more, but it wasn't really very much explained. So, uh, Scardis. Uh, long awaited, you're on. Right. Um, yeah, love the episode, absolutely fantastic. Uh, as was said before by uh, um, about uh, Richard Senior, his first proper go at an episode after doing the Space and Time shorts and also the little um, introduction to the National Television Awards, you know, and the fine camera work they've done. So, you know, impressive pieces like the the when Mel throws the TARDIS and it turns into real, you know, impressive graphics on that. Um, the whole regeneration uh, and the line of the regeneration. Well, look at this more Stephen Moffat's writing, obviously. Uh, the whole line about, you know, uh, be quiet, Dad, I'm thinking of me dress size here. Uh, so, yeah, I thought that was funny and all that. Um, 
I kind of, uh, I, don't, I don't know if I'm disappointed in myself or kind of uh, happy with myself that, you know, I should have seen it coming, you know, all of a sudden, random friend called Mel's, hello Mel's, it's sort of a, a clue there to find the Doctor Hot, kind of has the gun, comes in with a big entrance and then goes away. How I did not connect the, the her with River until she started regenerating. You know, and just to look back and it's like, how did I miss that? And then, but, you know, I'm kind of glad I did because it, kind of, it, it, it sort of helps me get the, the whole, you know, keep up the surprise and the whole jaw drop and, oh, my word, she's regenerating. And then it clicks in, oh, that's right, of course. And she is the girl. She is that girl from back in New York. And she regenerates into River and it all clicks into place. That's what's happened here. So, yeah, that, that was um, an interesting thing. Um, and it was nice, actually, to see, and a, a nice surprise, it was, um, relating back to that clip that you played, to see Clayton Blackwood back in the series, you know, because obviously she's playing a, lo- a younger version of Amy. So, you know, it's kind of restrictive of, of how can you bring someone back when we already have the older actress playing her. So they, they cleverly brought that back and whole TARDIS interface. Now, there is one criticism I have on that, and that is that those shots of Rose, Martha, and Donna clearly photo stills. Stills. Yeah. You know, you think they might have some sort of graphic thing where they might just take a, a some sort of scene where they're moving just a little bit, maybe like walking to camera or something there that, you know, that... that that, that they could relay into it just to give it a bit more life rather than the, these very clear and, and, and very re- recognisable promo photos because you would have seen them uh, in promotions here there and there so they were very clear so that would be the one just that one niggle that I have on the thing but otherwise it was an excellent episode and uh, no one's actually mentioned yet the whole um, um, dinner uh, in the Temple of Peace uh, the, the the Nazi dinner party where River just comes in and just says, I haven't got anything to wear. Take off all your clothes. And you, you just wonder, okay, how far is that going to go? Uh, thankfully, they didn't go too far because they all ran out of the place in their underwear rather than completely uh, in the nip. I suppose we're not quite in torture territory here or anything like that. Yeah, I think so, Charlie, yeah. he referenced the, the fact she was toting guns. But yeah. Mm, yeah, but just the whole, you know, Telling every Nazi in the place to strip and all that stuff, and you know, they run out of their underwear. And I don't know if she find in in out at that time or not. I can't remember. I think she did. Yeah, she did. Um, yeah. Another one to talk about would be those um, Petra uh, Tele. Uh, what were they called again? The little people. Uh, selectors. Yeah. Selectors, yeah, that's them. Uh, interesting thing, and uh, I've seen comparison to uh, some little people's comic called The Numbskulls, where you basically had little people running around, someone actually operating somebody's head. You had somebody on the eyes, you had somebody on the ears, you had somebody in the tongue, and all that sort of thing. And some, uh, and that was compared to. And I, I remember as well, there was um, an Eddie Murphy movie, now I didn't see it, it was a, a kiddie movie of some sort called Meet Dave and there's a similar idea with that where you had these little people living inside the robot of the bigger people 
which brings me as well to a nice graphic piece, um, which um, which was a, a, a bit of money spent on as well, was the transformations from mm. uh, character to character. I just thought that was very well done. Um, very like um, in uh, Mystique's transformations in X-Men, in the X-Men movies, is very like that. Um, other than that, everything else is pretty well covered. A very enjoyable, um, very enjoyable thing. Four and a half out of five, definite rating for me. Excellent. Okay. Just to jump in there on the oh. transition thing, the the other cool thing that uh, about that uh, transformation is that is the definition of tessellation. Oh, that's pretty yeah. cool. And something that learn from you every day. But yeah, I mean. Uh, yeah. Tessellation is using mosaics to, you know, make a, an, an entire picture. And, and so what you literally see is a tessellation when they change form. So it makes sense that the ship is therefore called what it's called. Yeah. Certainly, it certainly was excellent. Uh, I, I thought that the, the CGI was one of the standout things for me, amongst other things. Okay, uh, just uh, to give uh, I Voted Saxon uh, the uh, clue, I'm going to play a clip and then we're going to him in one and a half minutes. Why would you care? She's the woman who kills you. I'm not dead. You're dying. Well, at least I'm not a time-traveling, shape-shifting robot operated by miniaturized cross people, which I have got to admit I didn't see coming. What do you want with her? She's Melody Pond. According to our records, the woman who kills the doctor and I'm the doctor, so what's it got to do with you? You got yourselves time travel, so you decided to punish dead people. We don't kill them, we extract them near the end of their established timelines. Then what? Give them hell. The woman who killed the doctor. It sounds like you've got my biography in there. I'd love a peek. Sorry, can't do that. That man is my best friend. That woman is my daughter. You give him anything he wants. If she's family, she has privileges. Records available. Who wants me dead? The silence. What is the silence? Why is it called that? What, what, what does it mean? The silence is not a species. It is a religious order or movement. Their core belief is that silence will fall when the question is asked. What question? The first question. The oldest question in the universe. Hidden in plain sight. Yes, but what is the question? Unknown. Oh, what a disappointment that was. <laughs> I always thought the question would be red or white. <laughs> right, okay. Uh, let's go to uh, um, I voted Saxon. Is your audio okay now? Are you unmuted? I'm here. Oh, great. Sorry about the long wait. No problem. Oh. Uh, I liked the episode. I, I too, uh, did not catch on to the whole Mel's River thing. Although when I saw the red car, I did initially think, well, that's River coming in. And then I got totally uh, distracted by, by Mel's. And uh, I was wondering if Mel's was the one that got Amy into the whole kissogram business. 
Ah, like that. <laughs> yeah. And uh, if there's ever a uh, George Lucas directed special edition of the Eleventh uh, Hour, then they can stick Mel's in to some scenes. <laughs> Ooh, retrofitted. <laughs> yes. Look, she don't start speaking. Me, I got a bigger problem. <laughs> oh no. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I also uh, thought it was interesting that uh, it was mentioned that this was directed by the same guy that did uh, Space and Time, and here again we have two Amys. Indeed, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Darth mentioned it was the same director, but yes, that's yeah. a good point. Okay, I revisited. Oh, uh, when they when they killed the uh, or when they let the antibodies uh, deal with the uh, German soldier, they said he had been charged with war crimes. So weren't they changing history in in his case? I obviously for the for the better, but it seemed rather careless to say they they don't change history and then to do it. So you know, with they, you know, such they don't though disregard. They don't know. We just we just heard the clip that told us we don't kill these people. We just take them out of time for right before they were going to meet their natural end. Mm-hmm. So they're and not so, changing history. They're not yeah, changing history at all. They're they're not killing the person. They're just giving them punishment right, right before they were they going to die. A anyway. minor officer that they impersonated, and they right. let the antibodies. Kill. Right, but the, I think what Darth is meaning that. They didn't just pick at random the person to in, in, impersonate to go into Hitler's room. It, they yeah. must have picked him because he was near to death. Uh, I could, uh, yeah, but Dave, here's the no, no, point. No, no, no. The point is that the fact that he is right because the the um, they realise they've made a mistake when they're right in front of Hitler. That it's 1938. But, but they haven't. They killed, were too early. They they did, yeah, that's true. Yeah, but they didn't well, kill. They didn't kill the minor officer. They just brought the minor officer on board, and then they would release him later. We just don't see that part of it. But they're not killing anybody. No, they, he, he, he gets killed by the antibodies. The captain said no, the no, no. He doesn't get no. He doesn't get killed by the antibodies. It's never made that, that is never postulated anywhere in the episode. And in fact, they, as you just played that clip, they say very specifically, "We don't kill anyone." Well, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying perhaps they were contradicting them, themselves. Hang on, I'm sure I remember the the German. They said, "Let's clean up." The German bodies brought into it, and then the antibodies go chasing after him. Exactly. No, that's. Uh, I don't think. I'm that sorry. No. I'm sorry. I don't mean to. No, uh, no, 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 no. That, that's what the point of the discussion is. It's fine to have opposing views, but that's not. not uh, they never show anybody getting killed, actually, but, literally getting killed. But they I mean, do, I know, the, I, the guys do state right before that they said your life will be extracted, and there's the scream and the eye shuts, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think everything, like like you said, they don't show it on screen, but everything that is said up until that point points to him being killed. And that the, they don't have a problem with it because he was a Nazi and he killed people and yeah. he's, you know, they're like, but, oh well, yeah, he's expendable then. Yeah, I, I still think you can get around it. By I mean, Graves is quite right. It, it was a wrong time, but they must have picked that particular officer in the camp in the camp rather than another one to take over because perhaps it was due to die 
anyway, maybe of natural I, causes. I, but I still think they, that the primary them for convenience that he was there, that he yeah. had access to to uh, Hitler. Well, no, okay, because Hitler I didn't recognize him as one of his. He didn't recognize him as his uh, second in command or his private officer or anything. He says, "What are you doing in here?" It wasn't as though, ah, oh, come in, you know. No, no, my, that, uh, that's the janitor. That was when the janitor came in, and the, and the janitor took the form of the higher-ranking officer. Yeah. It was the higher-ranking officer that went to Hitler to try to kill him after he changed shape. Yeah. Grew taller. Yeah. Yeah, but, the, but my point... Okay, Hitler fine. said I mean, the same we, thing as well. The Hitler said we, the same we, thing as well later on, that what are you doing in here? As in, he's a lower-ranking officer, and he's not a person that's directly... Shouldn't have been in that room, yeah. It shouldn't have been in that room. He should, uh, he's, for a better word, uh, a secretary. Yeah. Right. Anyway, but I still don't think... I, I mean, you know, whatever happens to these minor people, who knows? Maybe you're right. Maybe they do kill... I, I didn't get that implication, but, you know, I'd have to watch it again, I guess, more carefully. But well, I do they, know... It wouldn't you know, be the as, first as far uh, as government or law enforcement agency not to have a clear mandate. Well, I don't even think that that's what's going... I, whatever. I, I mean, I'm talking about Hitler. I'm talking about River Song herself. The The, the actual targets of their mission... I think very clearly the episode says we're not trying to kill those people. No, no, but they'll kill other people that are, yeah, but, say, collateral damage. Unless they pick Maybe. the person specifically because he was at the end of his timeline anyway. I, but the captain I didn't even know who he was. He asked, he asked one of his uh, you know, crew members for his, his bio or you know, his fact sheet. But, but does the episode actually have That's one true. of the antibodies saying directly to... The minor German officer who's transported onto the the, the ship, that that person is going to die. Yeah, but as, uh, I thought it, I I thought thought it was just to... Faxer has just said they didn't realize he was a war criminal until after he'd been brought on board, which presupposes they'd just used him as a device to get to Hitler uh, and uh, dispatched him. And and then oh, luckily he is actually he is actually guilty of war crimes. So um, that's okay, but I take your point. It was uh, it wasn't fully worked out that one. So no, I think I think it is. Hold on, because I'm just trying to figure out what what you guys are saying because I just really didn't get this from the episode. I thought that the only time that anybody said you know we're going to kill you or whatever is like when they discover Amy and Rory. Which no, they do, clearly, the, well, they do it with the German man inside. They, they, one of the things they, that I said... Wait, 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 right hold, on, hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Don't oh. gloss over that. That's the entire point. They do actually say it to the German officer. Is yeah, that what you're saying? Inside. inside. Okay, I, I totally missed that. Because all I saw was they did it to... They said it to Amy and Roy, and then they said it later when the other people's um, you know, green dots were turned to red. Uh, yeah, but this, I, I, this was I, definitely said. Yeah. It is definitely said to the German guy. It, yeah, I've watched it three times over, and it's the bit I haven't missed. Okay. Okay. I, okay. Didn't, I didn't get that. Let, let's just move on from that point, if we may, because I, I think um, it wasn't clarified the, 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 the limits of what these people could or couldn't do and which rules they obeyed. So I think what you said, uh, Saxon, is a, a valid uh, you know, point to deliberate. And there's but, room for interpretation. Exactly. Uh, any other points you want to move uh, yeah, so we just, just carry a on? Uh, I, I, looking forward to possibly another 
uh, appearance by these, you know, miniaturized uh, Ministry of Justice people or whoever they are, uh, because it seems like um, we were talking about uh, why isn't Mel's, you know, older when she meets uh, Amy for the first time as children. And uh, my guess is that they, they reacquired her after she regenerated and did some time travel eventually, you know. And so she wound up in the right place, she, right yeah, age. It did, say, it did say that she took her time to find them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I, that's what my guess is, and this is a total guess, is that they'll turn up again possibly to hand out some justice to uh, Madame Cor, Corvini. Or Varian, you know, right. and uh, that that would be hopefully at the end of the uh, of the season. And one more point, yeah. Yeah. So that's that's uh, my uh, my theory, and I thought they could have used this opportunity with the vocal interfaces to show maybe a couple more uh, companions from the classic era. I know, I know, they had. Uh, 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 the ones from uh, the well, it made it made the point uh, of guilt, didn't it? Which has been more of an overriding thing since the series came back. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and uh, but I'll give it a four out of five. I I, I really like the you know all, all the all the cute bits after the uh, regeneration and all that. So excellent. Okay, and I just want to just read something that David Boy's put in text, which is quite pertinent to what we were talking about. If there was no dear, if there was no death, sorry, threat of death, the crewmen wouldn't have had to give Rory and Amy those bracelets. You know, so obviously they were going to die if he hadn't have quickly attached the bracelets to them and set them to green, mm-hmm. which of course gave the idea for Amy. Uh, of how to um, uh, take control, because the doctor says, take control. She says, how do I do it? He says, just do it. And, of course, she that, she sees that. Okay, I, 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 because we're at the two-hour mark, I've, I think I'll, I'll need to move us on, but thank you for that. Um, I think there's only me to speak, but what before I do, I'm going to play a final clip, and then uh, any of those from right from the beginning, Charlie or anybody who, who wants to just say something before I have my say, uh, we'll give you a quick opportunity to do so. So, final clip. It, it is about two minutes. How do we help you? I'm sorry, Rory, you can't. I need to talk to your daughter. Find her. Find River Song. And tell her something from me. Tell her what? <laughs> well, I'm sure she knows. Who's River Song? Access files on River Song. Records available. Show me her. Show me River Song. The doctor gave you a message for River Song. What was it? What's happening? River. What are you doing? Just tell me. The doctor. Is he worth it? Yes, he is.
apparently he used all your remaining regenerations in one go. So that's it, we just leave her there. This is of the infinite schism. Greatest hospital in the universe. Yeah, but she's our daughter, Doctor. She's River, and she's our daughter. But we have to let her make her own way now. We have too much foreknowledge. That stuff that they put in her head, is that gone now? The, the river that we know in the future, she is in prison for murder. Who's murder? Will we see her again? Oh, she'll come looking for us. Yeah, but how? How do people even look for you? Oh, Pond. Haven't you figured that one out yet? Okay, and I just noticed that Charlie's dropped out. So, um, because I know Ian will go around the room uh, after I've finished, uh, that was the final clip. Let me just make a few points myself. Um, I thought the CGI graphics were great. I think, um, as, as Ian said when we were talking, when I watched it the first time, admittedly after a bottle of wine and two pints of lager, but uh, no packet of crisps, I'd had a meal. And um, uh, basically... The, it was too too convoluted is what I said then but watching it a second time I think what it is is that I don't think the story was that good but it was a good vehicle for uh, the revelations that we had and and I agree with Darth's point that we, we, we learnt quite a lot in this um, I'll not go over things that other people have mentioned but one nice little point right towards the end when River Song's in the hospital the doctor actually presents River Song with the, the the sort of TARDIS diary that that we know she's used as her journal, so that's rather nice. Um, also explains why the uh, the doctor from um, eleven hundred and something, the eleven hundred year old doctor, also has a very similar book uh, because he was the one that gave River Song her copy. Um, when they were talking about um, you know when the the TARDIS appears and they say who's that, and uh, one of the soldiers or whatever you want to call it inside said uh, oh we've got the biggest one here you know we'll get a year off if we bring this one obviously everybody's thinking they're talking about the doctor but i think he said if i heard it correctly uh, the biggest of the bad what did he say the bad wolf uh bodies are bad wolf uh wanted i'm sure he used the word bad wolf um i don't no, know why they uh, no, because I, I was watching it, um, and just in case there's a distraction, I, I tend to watch with subtitles on, and certainly if the word bad wolf turned up on the subtitle, uh, it would have uh, sparked something in me. But well, no, when, all right, well, well, if anybody just rewatch it, when he's looking at the screen, and the, you think they're going to identify the doctor because they see the box, and they said, we've got a bigger fish that's just coming in, the biggest of them all, I thought he said the biggest bad wolf criminal or something, but... Um, that might that might well be me. Um, I like actually. I, I like the opening scene. I thought there were some clever word points from my, that. I'm out of time, which I mentioned earlier, uh, and there was an awful lot in it. But basically, um, and I think Benjamin said it. At, um, really, the the whole Hitler. Well, Darth called it a MacGuffin. Um, I think Benjamin said it's like a red herring. It was really only so that people were thinking they were tuning in to see one story. And it wasn't. It was all about uh, River Song and uh, uh, River Song and Rory got really good things. And um, I, I will agree with um, Ian as well. I don't think uh, um, uh, Amy Pond character. Uh, I don't think she was really 
her acting was particularly good in this one, but on the other hand, she wasn't really central to the plot, Karen Gillan, in this one. Um, what else? Well, not a lot more to say, other than that, they definitely, the enjoyment I had of watching it a second time was vastly improved. It does seem to be that some stories are highly enjoyable on a first watching. Uh, maybe a thing like the Pirates one. You know, you could really, uh, the, the Black Pearl one. You could really watch it and it was really enjoyable. But when you go back, there's not actually much more there behind it. And then you actually start uncovering uh, plots and, fault, and faults and uh, things in the hospital and so on. This one is one of those, I think, that um, you're going to find more and more and more. Um, Stephen Moffat even managed to get his banana back into it. You remember from um, the um, the one where he had the banana daiquiri with his uh, tent dot <laughs> on the, um, what was it called, that one, the, uh, the girl in the fireplace one. So that's a bit mixed up from me, I must admit. Uh, but uh, I have really enjoyed listening to everybody else's comment. But I am growing on this. And no doubt by the time I take part in a commentary on it, I'll be seeing lots more and loving it more. So, Dave, to clean your ears out, I've just zoomed straight in for you. It's the biggest war or the biggest war criminal of them all. War criminal. War criminal. I'm sure I heard Bad Wolf, but... No, well, thank you for doing that. There. That is, is great, and that's clarified for the people listening to the recording later, as well as us in the room. But with that, Ian, I think I'm happy to hand back to you and see how you feel fit to go around the room and close us out. Yeah. Um, yeah, if anybody has anything to add, I'll, I'll quickly go around whoever's left on audio. Yeah. Um, rate my rating, four out of five. Sure, go ahead, Dave. Uh, four out of five, my rating. And I think that was Kobo coming on there. Yes, I was, uh, I was unmuting Kobo uh, quickly so we can go around the room for any last thoughts. Um, so, Kobo, here we go again. I'm going to unmute you so we can uh, hear your last thoughts before we close out the show. Kobo, are you there? Yeah, it was a great episode, like I said. And it did tie River in nicely. And uh, it was just great. And I thought of some other stuff while people were talking, but I couldn't jump in for various reasons. So, that's pretty much all I got to say. Say, I mean, like. Hopefully, with us doing Dot 2 for the next few weeks, you're going to keep yes. joining us. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you, Kobo. Doris, any final thoughts before we head out? Uh, yeah, geek point of the uh, episode uh, is, if you look really carefully, you see that the TARDIS is identified as a Type 40 Mark III, which doesn't make a lot of sense if you've watched the Time Meddler. Yes, there you go. Geek point. All right, I voted for Saxon. Any final thoughts? Yeah. Uh, well, you can start calling uh, Rory Captain America the way that he punched <laughs> out Hitler. <laughs> Rory rocks in all <laughs> sorts of ways. <laughs> Come in, number two. Your final yes. comments are up. <laughs> I think now Darth give me another excuse to go watch the Time Meddler, which I mean to go about. Um, 
this episode is another one of those ones at last where, like the 11th hour, the 11th hour is one of those episodes I go back at a regular basis, uh, even within a month, and rewatch it. And this one's got that for me. Uh, I'm still picking things up even after watching it three times, and I'll probably watch it another twice tonight. Oh, so. easily, easily, yeah. And then you can watch it with the Cultum Collective Commentary. <laughs> you lucky guy. Reminds me, we've, we've still got to do time lash as a commentary, haven't we? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Scardus, final thoughts. Um, yeah, I just wonder now. So, if the Doctor wants to repopulate Gallifrey, does this mean he just has to bring a load of consenting adults onto the TARDIS and just fly around the vortex and let them do what they have to do? As long as I don't mind bunk beds. Oh! <laughs> Alright, and Seventh Doctor, any final thoughts before we head out? Charlie's allowing for time delay. <laughs> nope! Okay, well. Alright, uh, looking at. Got some ratings, the, yeah. Yes, looking at the text. I was getting to that. Jeez! Wow. <laughs> Looking at the text chat for ratings, uh, Steve Law gives it a uh, four out of five. Uh, Cybob gives it a three and a half out of five. Uh, Davy Boy, a four and a half. Uh, S. Michael, 68, a four out of five. Mini robot, uh, mini people in robot mildly off-putting. Uh, Will's Girl gives it a four and a half out of five. Uh, Enterprise Who gives it a four out of five. Uh, Merlin says, surely you mean Captain Wales. <laughs> uh, Randall Thor just staggers in before the end of the episode. <laughs> uh, Sean, 59, five out of five. And the seventh doctor was away from the computer, but says four out of five. All right. Uh, <laughs> all right. Um, yeah, I think that about wraps it up for us. Uh, I will probably be absent next week, uh, but hope to uh, contribute my comments via audio in some way, shape, or form. Uh, going with the family to Orlando next weekend for a bit of a vacation. Uh, and I may actually be at uh, Kennedy Space Center. So if I see any TARDISes there, I'll let anybody know. Uh, but yes, uh, so so you'll definitely be in, in, in Dave's capable hands next week. See, you can't get better than that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah and see. the episode yep. we're covering next week is Night Terrors. Yes, Night Terrors. Alrighty. Um, so yeah, that about wraps it up for us. If if, if Dave's ready to close out the show. Uh, yeah, watch out, I've been told. Uh, enjoy my vacation from the summer. Thank you. And uh, watch out for tunnels under Florida. Yes, tunnels under Florida indeed. Moffat, you have no idea. Don't even have basements here for crying out loud. <laughs> All right, enough enough complaining. Uh, I want to say then, it's a goodbye from Mr. Dave AC. And it's goodbye from Ian, the Sixth Doctor. Goodbye, everybody. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. 
No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.